This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can see by the title, today's episode is going to be part two of throwing it back to 2010's Dong Yi. And just like last time, I'm joined by my lovely friend Squash. Hi, Squash. Hey, Lolo. How you be? I'm doing well. How are you feeling about returning to talk about Dong Yi after about a month? <laughs> Right. I'm good. I'm I'm so excited. I really am. <laughs> Yay! Okay, so just to go over what to expect in this part two of us discussing Dong Yi, I want to let you all know that we've kind of tried to structure the second half of Dong Yi, um, you know, with episodes kind of 30 through 60 into four parts. And Unlike the first time we did this, the parts were pretty clear cut for us. However, this time the parts are a little more arbitrary, but we will still go over and kind of break down the major points in the final half of Dong Yi for you. And to get started, I will actually lead us with kind of our part one, but then um, Squash and I will kind of alternate as we discuss the final episodes of Dong Yi. So Squash, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Okay. Me too. So I'm going to get us started with our kind of part one. So let's say um, with part one, it's kind of centrally be starting right from where we left off for you in our first part. And it's going to be around episode 30 to around episode 44. So a big chunk <laughs> of time. So it's a lot to get through. So bear with me as I get through. And then after that, me and Squash will kind of talk about our thoughts on this part one. So as you may remember from our first episode about Dong Yi, we left off with Dong Yi re-entering the palace after a really tumultuous time. But this time she enters as the king's woman or as his concubine. And this is because the king believes the only way he can protect her is to have her as close to him as possible. But when he allows for her to enter as his concubine, they haven't actually consummated anything. And he almost makes it seem as though there's no other reason he wants her to be his concubine. But he quickly recognizes his feelings and expresses them to Dong Yi. She doesn't really accept them at first because she's a little hesitant um, because of her background as the daughter of the leader of that secret society. Um, and so she kind of wrestles with this notion of being the king's woman. But she also gets called out on her feelings for the king by the exiled queen, actually, um, during well, a kind of random visit she has with her outside the palace because remember the queen in Hyung, she's actually outside the palace she has been exiled um, and Dong Yi is told by the queen to just accept her feelings for the king and to give her heart to give her heart to him and so she does this and after this Dong Yi and the king kind of make it official and while all of that is happening Lady Jung and Ko are already plotting on how to bring down Dong Yi 
And again, remember, Lady Jung at this time is now the new queen um, while this is all taking place. And you also will see, or you will notice that a recurring theme throughout me and Squash talking about the ending of Dong Yi will be um, the plotting of how to bring down Dong Yi. <laughs> it's going to be the, that's basically the second half of this, of this drama. Uh, but now <laughs> let us, let's go on to talk about a little, um, little bit about Lady Jung's mother, because during this time, Lady Jung's mother is trying to make Dongyi's life absolutely miserable. She's trying to frame her for causing some mysterious illness that's going around um, the palace maids. And while she's trying to bring down Dongyi with this kind of weird um, kind of framing of her, Dongyi is also plotting on how she can reveal the dirty doings of Lady Jong and her brother, who had been trying to buy the seal of approval from China for the crown prince, who again is Lady Jong's son. And in doing this, as far as like them trying to buy the seal of approval um, for the crown, for the crown prince, they are pulling military, you know, putting military secrets of the country at risk. And they don't really care because they are just trying to solidify the crown prince's position. But again, Dong Yi's onto them and she's doing her absolute best to reveal this. Now, while Dong Yi is solving the case at the same time of the mysterious illness, she then gets wrapped up in another one. And this time it's regarding the return of the secret society that you know her deceased father used to be the leader of. While this is happening, she is also still trying to set up a trap that captures Lady Jung and her um, brother and their evil ways. And this um, actually causes for the demotion of Lady Jung. She ends up succeeding and revealing the truth behind um, the kind of military secrets that Lady Jung and her brother were, were giving over to China um, behind the king's back. This ends up bringing down um, Lady Jung and her, her kind of team. And she gets demoted, so she's no longer queen. And then Queen Inhyung is allowed to return. And then Lady Jung's brother as is exiled and all the people that were helping them are punished in various ways. And then when Queen Inhyung is, you know, queen again, she immediately enters back into the palace and she says that she will do everything she possibly can to protect Dong Yi. Um, and also during this kind of celebratory time, Dong Yi ends up getting pregnant and it's her, you know, her first. And after about a year passes, Dong Yi, uh, you know, while she's raising her little son and everything appears to be going great until the situation with the secret society comes back to start haunting Dong Yi. This society is now operating unlike her father's version of it. And they're actually a lot more ruthless and they're actually murdering people. And so she and Chung Tzu, who is, you know, her or um, her kind of, you know, brotherly figure, they're trying their best to stop the society and figure out what's going on. But during this, Dong Yi is kind of going back and forth, trying to decide whether she should reveal her past to the king before someone else finds out that, you know, who she is, as in the daughter of the former leader of the secret society. Um, but then Chun Su and she find out that her old childhood friend is the leader now of the secret society. And Dong Yi, of course, is very much conflicted. So at that same time that she finds this out, Lady Jung's brother returned from exile because he was exiled for a little bit there. And then they, um, Lady Jung and 
her brother find out about Dongyi's past. And so it's it's kind of a, you know, fight to the death of who's going to reveal what first kind of situation. Um, and then unfortunately, while Dongyi is kind of dealing with the secret society and her old childhood friend being the leader, she ends up getting caught trying to smuggle her friend out. Um, because again, the society is being framed for killing an, a high official dude just like they did in the past. Um, and so while she's trying to help her friend out, she ends up getting caught doing this directly by the king. And of course, when the king sees this, he's so extremely angry. We never see the king as angry as he is um, in, in this entire drama <laughs> than this moment when he, he catches her. Because, and it's not because he's mad at her for trying to help out this you know, friend or even that he finds out her past. He's so angry because he, he realizes that he cannot do anything to save her in the situation now. And he, you know, immediately kind of just, I mean, he goes off on her. It was actually pretty sad. Um, and so he, while freaking out about this, almost also decides like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to completely disregard all of this. I want you to lie <laughs> about your crimes. He is trying to convince her to like pretend like none of it ever happened because he wants to protect her and he doesn't want her to want to lose her. Um, and he, while he's telling this to Dong Yi, Lady Jung actually hears this and she snaps because he, she can't believe that he cares so much for Dong Yi that he's willing to turn away from this crime that she basically was caught in the act committing. Um, but Dong Yi, she confesses anyway because, you know, all of Lady Jong's folks are threatening her and the people that, you know, support her. And so she kind of takes the fall and the king again is rushing to her to kind of tell her like, please, please don't do this to me. And he is, you know, unfortunately not able to convince her to do anything about it because she's caught. So he has to punish her. And and it's such a beautiful moment. We'll talk about it in a minute, Squash, but I, I have lots to say actually about this little scene. Um, but after okay. he, re he realizes that he can't do anything and that he has to punish her, she is basically exiled and Dungi has to be sent away outside of the palace. And so that is kind of the first part, um, again, covering the span of about, what, episode 30 to, so over almost 15 episodes there. Um, yeah. I, but yeah, I definitely wanted to at least, you know, kind of hit the most important parts in those. So what do you got to say for this part, Squash? It's a lot, is it not? <laughs> It's a whole lot. Oh my! And it was a whole lot watching it too. But yes. We'll get to that in the end. <laughs> yes, yes. No, but um, for real, I call this era the era that Dung Yi went from the Walmart clearance sections to Alexander McQueen. <laughs> she just this was her era. This really was, even though a whole lot of you know negative things happen to her but as always i'm always going up for dungi and how humble she was because if you notice the same homies that rocked with her while mm -hmm. she was you know eating at wendy's doing the four for four thing were the same homies that rocked with her when she was eating at stk steakhouse i know that's a goofy little metaphor but yeah basically <laughs> her she she brought up her friends with her yes. when she you know, 
when she came up, her friends came up too. And then something that really stood out to me out of all these episodes was episode 36. Mm. And it was one of my favorites of the entire drama because it was the episode where I think it was the banquet episode Mm -hmm. where Lady John was plotting and scheming and all this stuff. As usual. (laughs) Girl, as usual. But, you know, our girl, Don Yi, Mm -hmm. she was like five steps ahead of her, (laughs) you know. What was exactly that was happening at the banquet? The banquet episode is when, um, you know, they were all, I forgot the reason why they were having a banquet, but they were at this banquet to celebrate something. I mean, do you ever really need to have a real reason for a party? No, but you know. I oh, I know what it was. But I, it was the, I think it was, the, they were celebrating the hundred days of her son's birth. Was that like her, her son's hundred day? Oh, okay. Okay. It was something, but they were celebrating and, you know, Lady Jung was all like, oh, you know, trying to keep Dongi in one place so mm-hmm. she wouldn't find out what Lady Jong was up to because I believe oh, yes. that's when Lady Jong sent all her little people to go search Dongi's house. That's what well, it was. Residence. I remember that. That yeah. was a good a good episode. That was. Oh yeah. That, was, that was my favorite. I have to say this. I didn't even mention this at the end of part one because this is very important. Um, so at the end of part one, like I was saying, this is the point where Dongyi is basically um, getting punished for the fact that she was trying to help the secret society or whatever. And mm-hmm. she, what got me was the king. This entire, those fi- that final kind of, those, those, those final moments of her before she gets exiled. I, when I tell you, I was breaking. I was breaking watching it because he mm-hmm. was so angry. And he was so angry because he was like, I can't you should have told me like he's like why would you put yourself in this position knowing good and well that if something goes down I cannot save you from this like he was so angry with her and then I think there was this part and I think I really cried with this scene where um she confesses behind like she after he's like trying to convince her not to confess and to lie about the crime situation she goes behind his back and she confesses anyway and he rushes to stop her of course but he's too late and then he tells her that she's like i did this for you i did this for my you know for my family for everyone you know she's for her brother you know she's like i did this for people for my folks and he tells her you didn't do this for me he's like if you did this for me you if you were thinking of me you would run away with me. I was just like, oh my goodness. I was like, he was so beautiful. He was like, I will, he was like, and I will never punish you. I refuse to. He's just like, absolutely not. He's like, I'm not going to be the king anymore. Like he literally is like, I want, I no longer want to be the king. When the police chief comes up to him, he says, don't call me your majesty. Don't call me king anymore. Like he tells him like, I'm done. I'm over it. But unfortunately at the same time, Yes, remember what happened? During all of that, her son, her baby, her little baby, <sighs> Dongyi's mm-hmm. little baby ends up passing away. That broke my heart. It broke my heart. So on top of the king being mad because he's already losing Dongyi, he ends up losing his son. 
was done mm-hmm. and it was just mm-hmm. I broke down it was so sad I was so angry and then on top of her being destroyed after losing her child she has to be sent away you know and it was just man that was rough that was a really rough part um, of the drama for me but very well done I was good at I was, yeah yes yeah it's a good word it's a good word Okay, so let's move on to part two, which you're going to take the reins on, right? Yep, here we go, y'all. <laughs> okay. So, Dungi was living in her exiled residence, and one night, she was visited by our beloved King Fine, because he couldn't stay away from his boo thing. You know, he missed her and all that other good stuff. So, King Fine showed up heavily intoxicated yes. off that green grape soju, which, side note, Stay away from soju, y'all. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, <laughs> but he came to Dungi heavily intoxicated because he was tormented by, you know, the loss of his son and by the loss of his lady love, Dungi. So actually, I think he was missing those convenient late night visits to Dungi's chambers at the palace, if you know what I'm oh, saying. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. But uh, shortly after King Fine's visit, Dongi discovers that she's with child. Mm-hmm. And so then we get a bit of a time jump about six years, and we're introduced to Dongi and King Fine's baby boy, and I will call him baby boy Gooms. <laughs> baby boy Gooms, intelligent, and he's chaos personified because <laughs> he's hella hard-headed. He's always running off and having little adventures, and Dungi is like, goom, goom, and she can never find him. That baby is running around, like, he's running amok, like, seriously, but anywho. During one outing, baby boy Goom meets the father that he's longed for, King Fine, because Dungi was exiled, you know, since because Dongi was exiled, baby boy Goon had been unable to meet the king. And when he does meet King Fine, you know, King Fine is disguised and everything. So he doesn't know who King Fine is. So the two were able to spend, you know, a cute little hangout day together, even though baby boy Goon didn't realize he was with his dad. They had they had a bit of a connection, I think. At least I saw it, some bonding time. Anywho, Lady Zhang was bothered by Dong Yi and baby boy Goom, as she always is throughout this whole drama. She's bothered by Dong Yi at some point or another, just anyways, annoying. But mainly because she knows that baby boy Goom is the better candidate to become the next king instead of her son. Now, Lady Zhang's son that she has with King Fine, he's, he's in poor health. And not only that, but he's unable to produce an heir because of his health. And so Lady Zhang decides that Dong Yi and baby boy Goon needed to be eliminated. So Lady Zhang's mom hires some dudes to set fire to Dong Yi's crib. Thankfully, though, there was some kind of royal guards in the area or, or something like that. And so Dongi and baby boy Goon were saved, thankfully. King Fine decides that Dongi and baby boy Goon should return to the palace because they were no longer safe in exile. And I loved how King Fine looked out for his family. I thought that was really sweet. 
really, really sweet. And so that concludes the Dong Yi in Exile era. But real quick, I just wanted to mention what an amazing mother Dong Yi is. I love the fact that she let her son know that, hey, you may be out here living in exile, but you are a prince. Mm -hmm. And that's how baby boy Goon carried himself. Mm -hmm. He carried himself like he was a prince. He was like, I may be out here, you know, with the other little scallywags and stuff, but I am a prince. I'm a prince. Oh, I loved it. Great shout out to Dougie as a mother. I think that's a good point. And I think my favorite parts of this was obviously when um, our king, you know, know, pulls up on Dougie. Before. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, he did not. And he did. He was he was highly intoxicated. And then after he leaves the next day, he like tells his, you know, his 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 right hand man, he's like, Don't ever let me come here again. Okay. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Let me come here again. And only in he, even in saying that and thinking like that, he doesn't know she um, he finds out later on that she has a child, you know, like that she was pregnant or whatever. So it's like he really does not return um, at all. But he does put up on post guards to watch her. And that's how she did end up getting saved, you know, in the fire. But yeah, I love, I love, I like the scene, the scenes in Exile. They were really sweet. I just, Baby Boy Goon, he's the real star of part two. <laughs> He is. You're absolutely right. Because you're right. When he was out and about running the streets and running wild, he was always like, he was standing up for everyone, standing up for the other little kids, protecting them and being like, do you know who I am? Okay. He was just like, let me, let me introduce myself to you real quick. (laughs) I love that too. It was so cute. It was so sweet. And him being a little baby genius. I love that. He was so smart. With his little cute self. And I um looked on what is it, my drama list to see what baby boy Goom, the actor, what he looks like now. He's still still adorable, still handsome. He's still handsome, but he hasn't done much since. He hasn't done much. He hasn't. He I yeah, it didn't shame. really have any actor credits. Yeah, which is because he was amazing. His the, the actor who was little baby boy Goom was so good. He was so good. He was so good. He was. I like I said in part one, these actors in the SK, these little child actors are doing their thing. Yes. So good. So talented. So talented. I love it. I love it. Lo, I'm ready to hear about the return of Dong Yi and Baby Boy Goom to the palace. All right, that brings us to part three. Okay, so now let's discuss this part. And with this, we have Dongyi returning to the palace with her smart son, Baby Boy Goom, as Squash so affectionately calls him. <laughs> um, but she is actually trying to hide the fact that he is super smart because she doesn't want him to be perceived as a threat to the crown prince. But this is unfortunately to no avail because this this is pretty quickly found out. And while Lady Jung is worried about that, she again is also still worried about the fact that her son has an illness that has caused him to be infertile. So she is trying her best to, while she's trying to hide the fact that her 
her um, son has this illness, the queen actually finds it out. And we also see during this time that qu the queen, Queen Inhyun, is also quite sickly. And we don't know why. It's just something seems to be, you know, she just starts to take a a kind of downward turn, her health does, and we don't really know why. Um, but she does discover that the crown prince has an illness that has caused him to be infertile. So she is then starting to plan for Dong Yi to prepare her son, Goom, for being the crown prince. Now, we also get to see during this part um, our Chun Su returning from exile. And again, from and back in part... <laughs> Part one, he had got he had been exiled when Dong Yi was also exiled. Um, and he gets to meet his nephew Goom for the first time. And then we also see um our baby boy Goom trying to find a teacher who will teach him because he's just way smart, you know, too smart to just kind of get the normal teachings. So and he also isn't allowed to study with the crown prince. Um, so he has so they're trying to find someone who will be, you know, responsible for his teaching. And Lady Jung and her you know, company, they're absolutely not having that. They're seething with anger with the idea that he's so smart and that he's already being looked upon as being um, a potential rival to becoming the crown prince. So who steps in again? Lady Jung's mother. Mind you, she's the same woman who caught Dong Yi's home on fire that caused Dong Yi to return to the palace. So had she mm -hmm. not done that, Dong Yi would have never returned. But she, she, she sets herself back in motion, Lady Jung's mother, and she takes it upon herself to find a shaman. Um, and she wants to see the shaman because she wants to know about Goom's fortune, like what is supposed to be, you know, what's supposed to happen to him in the future. Um, but before the shaman can even tell her about Goom, she stops her right in her tracks. And she says, you know what? You have something else you might need to be worrying about. And she tells um, Lady Jung's mother that she should be worrying about her own death. And it's like, of course, you hear that from the shaman. Lady Jung's mother is, you know, terrified. She's quite fearful. And the shaman reveals to her that it has something to do with a fire. And this obviously triggers for Lady Jung's mother that this is something um, about, she basically is afraid that she's going to be exposed for setting that fire to Dong Yi's home while she was in exile. And so she tries to frame someone else, but that ends up falling through. And so while she is, of course, worrying about her impeding death and her, you know, being figured out for setting fire to Dong Yi's home, the queen is over in the palace threatening Lady Jung about the fact that she needs to reveal the truth about the crown prince's health to the king. However, again, the queen is quite sickly herself and she ends up falling unconscious. And when she does, Lady Jung and Ko decide they need to find a way to guarantee that she dies while she is unconscious. Um, and so what do they do? They visit the shaman again and they have the shaman perform black magic and the queen ends up dying. So that I would say is the end of part three. Now, Squash, what were your thoughts? Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts on that part? Girl, you already <laughs> know that I was over here. Okay. Lady Jong at this point made my eyes twitch every single time she was on the screen. 
ever since. I mean, I had to kind of take my glasses off, and I'm just like, well, hold up now. What's going on? And then I realized it was Lady John because my eyes were just not, it just, they didn't stop twitching. Like, seriously. The plotting to get rid of Don Yi was so excessive. Mm. I was in here, I was cursing like I was watching the Dallas Cowboys game or something. <laughs> I was just like, no! And and yeah, a few colorful adjectives came out <laughs> after that. It's like, she, oh, girl. And the whole situation about the queen dying and how joyful Lady John and her twisted crew were, mm-hmm. I was so frustrated. Yep. So, so frustrated. It was just, that was nastiness. That was so evil. It was so evil. And I thought it was so fascinating that that she was saying, like, the thing was, like, the whole reason they were acting this way was because of our little baby boy, Goom. Because he had just came into the palace and he actually was super smart, you know, and they were so afraid of him. But Dong Yi was doing her best to let her know, like, this is not, this, no, I don't want him to be the crown prince. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so yeah. it's even more frustrating. Like, you're trying to bring down Dong Yi and her son for no reason. Like, for no reason at all. Because she, they don't want that position. They don't want that. So I thought that was Exactly. Yeah, it was so And Lady Jung, she wasn't trying to hear all that yes. either. That's what really upset me. Yes. It was like... Dungy has told you time and time again <laughs> that they are not trying to, you know, let baby goon become the the crown prince. But Lady Jones, she wasn't trying to hear that. And and then at the same time, too, it's like your son, the crown prince, has an actual illness. Like he needs to be like it. And it is a thing. The problem is that then that he can't have an heir. He can't produce an heir. So it, I can see why you want to keep that hidden. But at the, at the same time, like, and this happens later on in the drama, I can't remember what part of it, but it was like, they they say to her, someone says to her, like, the fact is, no, I think the prince says it himself to his mother. He's like, I want to be the king just like the, cause, because that's who I know I want to be. I want to be the king just like the next person who wants to be king. However, me mm-hmm. being the king and not being able to produce an heir He's like, that's going to make me feel less than, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, I also don't want to yeah. take, take this position in such a way that I'm going to feel like this kind of inadequate king. And I was like, yeah, like, listen to your yep. son. Listen to your son, Lady John. Listen to your son. Oh, he was so frustrated. But yeah. So we're almost wrapping this up because we're already at part four, right? Yep. All right. Take Time to get into home. part four. I can't believe okay I cannot wait to tell y'all what I thought about Dungy oh my gosh we're gonna gonna spend a lot of time after we get through the the actual recap about just kind of talking about Dungy for sure okay go ahead okay here we go (laughs) y'all here's the the end (laughs) and the one thing okay y'all if y'all don't remember anything that I've said in these two episodes please remember this the one thing about karma is that she's patient. She never rushes. <laughs> she's always on time and she'll always have her way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always. Okay. Lady Jong and her crew finally, finally got what was coming to them. And when I tell you that it was totally satisfying, her downfall was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But let me break it down real quick for y'all. <laughs> 
once it was discovered that Lady Zhang's mom was behind the attempted murder of Dong Yi and baby boy Goon, the mom was quickly arrested. And while this chaos was going on, Lady Zhang's son, the crown prince, revealed his illness to King Fine, which was major because, of course, King Fine didn't know about the crown prince's illness. And so for every action, there's a reaction. And baby, Lady Zhang lost it. She's so full of rage because of her mom's arrest and the reveal of her son's illness that once again, and this is where my eyes, this is where my eyes really start twitching. Once again, she decides that Dongi and baby boy Goon have to go. Are y'all keeping track? This is like the second or third time she tried to take this. She tried to take Dongi and Baby Boy Goon out, and yeah, I was rolling my eyes hardcore at this point. But anywho, I was so over Lady Zhang. But the attempt to kill Dongi and Baby Boy Goon once again was a fail, and eventually, and finally, Lady Zhang was arrested. Cheer the applause. <laughs> and all that yeah because i was over here celebrating what i tell you okay and so yeah. then lady john and her crew are all sentenced to death lady john's death scene was so well done i was completely mesmerized it's one of Another one of my favorite scenes at the entire drama. I mean, it was so beautifully done, beautifully shot, and just the actress. Oh my gosh, she, whew, she did that. But I was glad to see her go. I'm not even gonna lie. I was celebrating. I was celebrating. <laughs> and now, you know, I expected Dong Yi that she would, you know, become queen. But Dong Yi was like, um, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. She saw how poisoned Lady Zhang was by ambition and power, and she didn't want any part of that queen life. Mm-hmm. She she wasn't about that, didn't want to deal with it. And to be honest, I don't blame her. I really, I really, really don't. So because Dong Yi refused to be queen, King Fine had to get another queen. Now, the new queen's name was Queen N. Wan. And on a side note, Queen N. Wan was played by one of my favorite actresses, Oh Yun So. So it was great seeing her. Mm-hmm. You know, we love her. We love her. It was great seeing her because her last drama, I dropped it because it was whack. <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about that. So, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to leave that alone. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> even though I think Lo already did. So let me stop. Okay. <laughs> so, so, the new, <laughs> let me stop. so the new queen, Queen N1, comes in starting drama from the jump. Mm-hmm. She decides that Dungy's son, baby boy Goon, has to get married. Now, mind you, he's only a kid, but okay, whatever. Yeah, queen like N1. <laughs> right? He was, see? He was a little. He was a little. Oh, fine. <laughs> Queen Enwan was trying to get rid of Dongi and Baby Boy Goon because the rule was that all married princes of the palace couldn't live at the palace. Mm-hmm. They had to live at a separate residence. Mm-hmm. 
So that's why Queen Inwan planned, you know, for baby boy Goon to get married. And I'm sitting over here, I was just like, why are folks so threatened by Dong Yi? I mean, someone is always going to be smarter than you, more talented, prettier, you know, whatever. You shouldn't feel like you have to cower because of somebody else's greatness. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. See, that was the whole. You shouldn't be intimidated. That was it. What you said right there—that was—that's a good point. I think that we can talk about that a little bit more. I think after you finish, though, go ahead. Girl, because I just just rolling my eyes. <sighs> Anyways, so baby boy Goon gets married, and Dongi has to leave the palace. And even though Queen Inwan rubbed me the wrong way, she did do a nice act. Mm-hmm. She had to adopt baby boy Goon to protect him so that he'll be a legitimate heir because everyone within their government was. There was some issues, and they didn't want baby goon, baby boy goon to be, you know, the crown prince or whatever. And and so just to protect him, Queen Inwan adopted him, which I thought was, you know, really cool. So Dongi's post palace life includes her setting up a place for the local citizens to receive advice and counsel, kind of like a pro bono law office mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And of course, King Fine makes regular visits <laughs> to see his boo thing. And so, you know, they get their own version of a happy ending. Yes. And that, y'all, was Dungi. That's Dungi. That's Dungi. And I, I want to just follow up really quickly to what you were saying about, like, um, not trying to allow someone else don't have the cower in someone else's kind of light because that brings us all the way back to the beginning of dong yi because the member of the prophecy for lady jung that she received is that she is going to end up being the shadow to yep. someone's light and so she lives her entire life trying not to be the shadow she does not want to be the shadow she does not want to be the shadow and she even brings mm-hmm. this up to some degree um to Dong Yi, um, when she's after she gets sentenced to death, she has a moment with Dong Yi, and she even brings this up again, where she's like, "That's what she was basically trying to do is not be a shadow." At first, she thought it was the queen, as in Queen In Hyung. She didn't want to be her shadow, so she was always trying to get the queen, you know, get into the queen position. But then Dong Yi came out of nowhere, and she realized that's who she was really going to be the shadow of. So I think exactly what you said, like that is a wonderful point to bring up about Dung in Dungi because it's exactly what the story told. Like you cannot, you cannot do that. You cannot uh, to put yourself in a position of being afraid of someone else's light. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't. That's right. You just can't. That's right. It's poison. It's, it's poison to the system. It and, really is. And it's such a meaningful point to say that because how does she end up dying? Um, Lady Jung because of poison she has to take poison and let's just okay so now that we've kind of gave you all the major happenings and major points of dong yi i want to just with you squash kind of just talk about some of those some of these points even from the very beginning of the drama if you remember any that you just really stood out to you that you really enjoyed or that you were really angry at or that you were really you know felt some kind of way about because i want to talk 
about for what you were mentioning as far as her death scene, as far as like Lady Jung's uh, sentencing, that entire episode about Lady Jung spiraling, her having this moment of, you know, being recognizing like it's the end. You know what I mean? Like she, there's nothing else she can do. Mm-hmm. This is the end of the road for her. That was, it was so beautiful. Like you said, like it was, it was one of my favorite, one of my favorite performances is definitely by her in this role. But then just in general, this character, oh my gosh, how she to the very end is like holding her ground. You know what I mean? Like she keeps telling defiant. the defiant, defiant. That's the word. She's so defiant to the very end. She's like, absolutely not. I will do it. I would do it all over again. If you keep me alive, I would do it all over again. And then what about when the king comes to visit her? And he's like, when she's in the you know police little office and he's like having this final moments with her and she's like, he, he wants her to commit suicide. Remember, he's like, just, just, just quietly kill yourself basically, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. He says mm-hmm. that and Lady Jung looks at him. She said, absolutely not. She said, I will never do that. Instead, you would have to kill me by your own hands. And when I say mm-hmm. that, she had me standing up. I was like, oh my goodness. And mind you, this is my second time watching this drama, but, but years ago. And so I was rewatching this like it was like the, for the first time in a way, because I didn't remember a lot of this. And so watching that scene and her telling him that, I just was like, I for some reason, I felt for her. I love that yeah. about Lady Jung's character. Like you said, like I, the performance was so amazing. The character was so, you wanted to strangle her. But at the same time, like I was, I was kind of feeling it. I was like, I got you. You're right. Tell him. No. Yeah. You killed yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Girl. And, and the look on, the look on King Fine's <laughs> face when she said it. <laughs> Cause you know what? And something that I can't remember if we've brought up or not, but at first it all started all of this, you know, just Lady John's actions were because she was in love with this man. You know? Trying to hold on to this little piece of man, as the old folks used to say, because (laughs) he wasn't completely hers. Yes. Yes. You know, but she was really trying to fight for this little this little piece of man, you know? Oh, squash, that is so deep to say that because that is something we see her character recognized right at the end. Because you know how you, we were just saying how she was so defiant to him. Mm-hmm. And she was defiant even to Dong Yi to some de- degree until she finally had to break down and, and beg her to like take care of her son. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But that scene, which she is like drinking the poison and she even how she tells the king, you better watch me die. Remember she Right, girl, she had her nerve and yes. he watched. He watched. He watched. She told her, You better come see me off, man. And he and he did. He was heartbroken. My baby was heartbroken. Yes, but, he was. But that moment when she's like, you know, after all of that, she's defined all the way to the final end, but we hear her voiceover. Like she's she's narrating her thoughts while she's taking that poison. And she even said mm-hmm. to him, like, I lied to you when I told you that. My only, my only sin was falling in love with you. She was like, "No, I don't regret falling in love with you." Oh no! 
Girl, when I tell you, I'm not even gonna lie, I was over here crying when she said that. I said, girl, okay. That was so deep. I said, dang, she really loved him. I'm I'm getting emotional just thinking about it now. Like it really got to me. I don't I also, her character as horrible as she was, like she was not a good good guy. She was not a good guy. But then they had the audacity to do some flashback scenes of her smiling, her holding her baby. You remember? Yeah. Like, they it, it it reminded me of um uh, the scene of um like um Anne Boleyn dying from the um tutors. The, the oh the tutors. Yeah, it reminded me of like that same kind of emotional death like you know execution scene where it's just like it's super beautiful to watch and it's super yeah. beautiful but it's like so sad you know and it's like mm-hmm. I can't believe this is happening yeah so it was it was deep man I man that was one of my favorite moments of this drama unfortunately was that whole breakdown of Lady Jong and her 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 execution like that was that was that was one of my favorites one of my favorites. Yeah. Do you have Ooh. any other kind of favorite standout moments that you haven't mentioned? The scene with Chan Su mm-hmm. with his fine self. <laughs> any scene he was in was a memorable <laughs> moment for me. Okay. No. <laughs> Ooh, he was fine. He, was. he, he oh, is. Okay. I still like him to this day. Let me stop. He still is. Yes. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch some more of his dramas. I got like you. for real, for real. I got you. I got you. Okay, <laughs> thank you, thank, thank you for looking. We'll talk low. after this. We'll talk after this. Okay, okay. <laughs> but the scene at the end mm. when oh. Chansu was with baby boy Goon, who's now the king. Yes. And baby boy Goon and Chansu, they are at you know. Dungi's grave site, you know, long after she's passed on and everything. And it was just, I don't know, I just love the fact that Shansu protected baby boy Goon yeah. from the minute that he, you know, Shansu came back to the palace. Yeah. He protected him for the rest of his life. And I thought that was just very beautifully poetic. It was. That he was always looking out for, for um, Dungi's child and everything. So. And, it, and it also is kind of bittersweet for Chun Su, though, too. If you think about it, he was at one point in love with Dungi. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at some point, you're, you, like, I thought about that at the end of the drama when he runs into the little girl that is Dungi again, reincarnated in a mm-hmm. weird way. And yeah. it's super meaningful when he sees this little girl and he just like has this, you know, heart to heart with her. And I just kind of was reminded like Dun- like he was actually in love with Dungi at one point and he had to, you know, hand her over to the king and he stayed by her side as her brother. And then even after her passing, he stayed by her son's side. You know what I mean? So it was just like that was yeah. true love too, in a weird way. You know what I mean? Like he loved her too. Um so yeah, but it's like bittersweet. So sweet. Yeah, like he never would. I, I mean, I, I don't know. This is the story. I mean, I mean, I don't think I don't know if his character really existed in in the historical, you know, in the history. But like this kind, of, it's still mm-hmm. kind of sad to think about. Like he never got to kind of live his own life in a weird way. Yeah, you know what? I think a commenter on TikTok mentioned that 
and I was watching some Dungi edits or whatever. I think someone, yeah, someone in the comments of a video was saying that, you know, Chun Su, he never got married, never had his own children or anything. His whole life was, Dung-Yi. you know, Dungi and, and everything dedicated, you know, to to the royal family. And yeah, that that is really sad that he didn't get to have a love of his own. And I, I'm gonna I, cry. I know I'm getting a like. Why is Dougie making me so emotional today? I don't know. I mean, because it is emotional watching the whole. Because you, you, you get grow so much with these characters when you spend sixty episodes with them. You know what I mean? So you sixty. Really, <laughs> you grow so much with them, and so it is kind of hard to. And I think I felt like sad parting with them, even as I was ending it. You know, like I'm was happy to end the 60 episodes, but I also was kind of sad to say goodbye, you know, to Dungy and the King. And I think that to me is one of my other favorite moments is kind of to see in the final episode, um, like you were talking about how Dungy had moved on outside of the palace and yet the King still visited her. They still had this very cute um, kind of, you know, relationship all the way to the very end of their lives. Um, And it just, I don't know. I just really love that. I love that kind of happy, sweet ending and that their actual relationship stayed strong and true. You know, like he, that was his girl and yeah. he, he never let her go again. You know, I, oh yeah. Did you remember the scene? I forgot what part this technically fits under. I think it's in part four, but you know, the, the, the scene when they're trying to figure out how best to protect the, both of the sons. So I don't think we went into much detail, but a lot of the big turmoil in the ending of Dong Yi is the fact that the king has two sons and the different factions are supporting one or the other, right? Like, so they're not on one accord mm-hmm. on who should be the crown prince. And yet Dong Yi wants to protect both of them. She wants the crown prince to stay the crown prince and become king. But she also wants to protect her son. So she knows that at some point he needs to also become king. And I and I love that she basically is doing her best. Like she does her best to kind of make this, just figure out what will work. And one of the ways that the king tries to take this matter into his own hands is that he says he's going to advocate the, the, um, the throne. Remember, he says like mm-hmm. I, he literally tell he 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 builds it or he has like this home outside of the palace, and he tells Dong Yi, that's where you're gonna live, and I'm gonna send you out of the palace to live there, and guess what? I'm gonna join you. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> yes, ooh, we. I was like, go ahead, King yes. Fine, give up everything for your yes. woman. That's what you're supposed to do. Yes, he was gonna give up his entire title of king as an actual king to go live in, in like outside the palace with her. He was like, I will come follow you, just wait for me but that doesn't end up actually happening that way because they find out a way again like you said with the other queen adopting goon to protect him so they find out another solution but i just remember loving that scene of him being like i am going to leave my position as king let my son become the king so that i can come live with you (laughs) okay the hopeless romantic in me was swooned I loved it. I swooned so hardcore at that scene. I mean, King Fine, as much as he was kind of 
being pulled and pushed and pulled in all different directions. Like when he was, when he was on, when he was sweet, it was just like, man, swoon. He would say some lines that just had me just like, oh my goodness, my heart. He was so sweet. He was so sweet. That's the power of G. Jin Hee, the <laughs> actor who played King Fine. That that's 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 the power. He's just you're right. He's everything. You're right. It's just him. I'm like, it's not even about the the, the lines that he was saying. It's just him. It, I was just swooning because of him. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's why I'm about to watch Move to Heaven for the fourth time so I can watch all Gigi and he scenes. Oh, look at you. See, I mean, you got a lot to watch because you got to gotta watch some Bae Ben stuff because, you know, you got you to gotta see him in some, some different things too. Girl, I swear the, the rotation is I, always packed and never empty. Never ending, never ending. Okay, so I I think... Let me, before we, should we talk about your final, like, kind of rating on Dungy now? Or should I give you a little bit of, um, just a little side note as far as the history that this story is basically recounting? Girl, let me get this rating out the way, because yes. you know I've been, I've been so ready to talk about my rating yes. system. Yes, let's, let's talk about rating. Okay. For everything that I watch, listen, read, always give a rating. And my rating system is one to five stars. Five stars being absolutely freaking amazing. One star being, uh, okay, what was the point? <laughs> so, drum roll, please. <laughs> my rate. Thank you, Lola. My, <laughs> my rating for Dongyi it's four out of five stars. Okay, okay, okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Yes. The last, y'all, and I have to be honest, the last 10 episodes of Dungy, they were a struggle to get through. Mm. I struggled. I struggled so much. I was so ready <laughs> to finish. If I hadn't been watching Dungy for the podcast, I would have dropped it because I was just, uh, but that was just the last 10 episodes, y'all. 10 out of 60. That just goes to show you how good Dungy is with those last 10 episodes. Ugh. But anyways, I think that if Dungy was 40 episodes, mm -hmm. I believe that it would have been a, a much kind of tighter storyline mm -hmm. because Lady Jung, although, you know, she did her thing, I was just so sick of her <laughs> just kept doing stuff and then she would you know she would get exiled and punished well not really exiled but she would get punished and then she would come back and do something else yeah yeah the woman did not learn from her mistakes <laughs> and she just kept repeating them and that's why i was on the phone with my buddy damon hey d that's why I was on the phone with him because he was asking you know how Dungi was going and I would tell him I'm frustrated. Lady Jung is getting on my nerves because I couldn't talk about it with Lo because, you know, we, we were going to talk about it on the podcast. But yeah, Lady Jung was my nerves. Yeah. Oh, she got on my nerves. So yeah, I I was so sick of her. But like I said, she did her thing. Did her that's thing. A fair yeah. rating. I think that's a fair rating, especially since you said it was just the last 10. You know what I mean? Because you're true. Like out of 60 episodes, 
to get to the end, you know, and it was like, that's the, that's the only qualm you have with it. That makes sense. I think that that's a fair rating. There were some episodes in the end for me too, that were, um, that were dragging. There were scenes you can tell, it was like, okay, if I were, if I fast forwarded, cause I don't usually fast forward through dramas, I would be fast forwarding through it. You know what I mean? Like that would be, the, mm-hmm. it would be the, the scene where I would just get up and go, you know, go into the kitchen for a little bit because it was like, it's going okay. a little too long. So yeah, I completely agree. There are some, some things that happen towards the end that are kind of like, mm, let's speed this up. Let's move this along. And I think this segues to a little bit about the history because the, the, the cool thing about Dung Yi and its 60 episodes is that this is actually te- retelling a story in of Korean history from the Joseon dynasty. So this isn't like a, just a made up story altogether. And so of course, you know, you want to kind of check on what kind of things are the same and what aren't, what kind of happened and didn't happen. And I'm not going to go into all that because we've already talked for almost an hour <laughs> about Dungy here. But I will say this, one of the things that happened in the later episodes of Dungy, like I think the last 10, maybe it's not the last 10, maybe it's the last 15, but the whole thing about them, the black magic situation in, in the historical, like the actual um, moment in history, what happened when um, Lady Jung and her being sentenced to death, that really happens. Um, she is actually really executed. Mm. How, why she is executed is because of what happens with the queen in him. They find the black magic stuff, the shaman stuff in history. That's what really happened is that because of the little black magic and the shaman situation, that's why she ends up dying. Not because of an attempt on Dung Yi's life. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So that was the next. That yeah. was the, the the episodes that you were over. <laughs> I was, and those weren't even real. That that didn't happen in history. <laughs> See, they should have stuck to the script, no, <laughs> right? Because that's technically when Lady Jung died was after the after um, Queen In Hyung died. They, you know, accuse her for allegedly performing black magic that causes her to die um, mysteriously. So then she gets sentenced to death with all her folks. That actually happens. So I wanted to share that with you because I thought it would be interesting for you to know that the story actually ends with Lady Jong with the queen in See, that's how you it should have been. You felt that. You, you felt that. I did. <laughs> it, it was going on for way too long. All Lady Jong's <laughs> antics too like dang okay please please yes get rid of her get rid of her so the <laughs> other thing i wanted to let you know um and I, i'm okay this is the other thing that i think is going to be so funny you're probably going to laugh at this um how this ties to okay historically baby goom you know baby goom mm-hmm. baby boy goom you do you know who he is in in Korean history as far as K drama goes? No, who is he's actually um, in the Red Sleeve. He is the grandfather. What in the Red Sleeve? He's the grandfather of Yi San, who is played by Junho in the My Red boo. Sleeve. So to me, I think that. 
obvious segue into the red sleeve is right now because we have just finished talking we got some of the history and the story of baby boy goon and it's gonna lead to the story of yisan and the red so dong dong yi was yisan's grandmother it's great no great grandmother yes wait no it's his grandfather is baby boy goon also, his great grandmother. Is it his great grandmother? Is it? Yeah. Is it? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Because she was um the mother of Baby Boy Goom of his great Baby Boy Goom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're related. They're related. Shut up. Yes. Yes. Watch, I'm probably saying that all wrong. I'm like, I probably misread that somewhere. <laughs> so if I'm wrong, no, no. Guys, my bad. But I really do believe that's who he is. I think Baby Boy Goom is um, the he when he becomes king. Mm-hmm. He is King Youngjo of yeah, and then his son is the very infamous. Um, What's his name? The Chris, Crown Prince Sado. And oh, I heard you that. Know Sado. So that's his son. Baby Boy Goom's oh. son is Prince Sado. And Prince Sado is the. Is he the. Is, how is he related to. He's the father of Yisan. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. So we can, I think this is a logical transition into the red sleep. What you think? Is this your little way of, <laughs> of trying to get me to start the red sleeve <laughs> this week? No. You, of didn't, course not. you didn't let me know that you were going to say of this. Of course not. Of course <laughs> not. I'm not. I'm, no. I'm just saying. If we wanted to start the red sleeve, this would be a bad time to start the sleeve. You know what? Yeah, because saying, I don't want to forget anything. I mean, it's because it, it tied when I was watching it over and when I realized that I started to see um, some of the things that happened in the red sleeve, like the backstory for the for the grandfather in the red in the red sleeve and how he was acting. Mm-hmm. It is directly tied to. Dong Yi, because he is very self-conscious of the fact that his mother was lowborn. And that's something that he carries with him all the way throughout his life. It's this kind of like insecurity about his mother. Um, And that is mentioned in the Red Sleeve. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, if we wanted to get started on that, we we probably could, you know, we don't have to. we could. We could. I'm I'll say this. Say yes. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What you got to say? <laughs> I'll say this. Because, you know, I'm always down. Here's my proposition. I'm always down for a double scoop of Junho. Oh! I, know what, so, you're, I, I mean, know what you're heading to. I know what you're heading to. Okay. We can do the buddy watch thing with the red sleeve and just between lovers. I like it. I like Boom. it. I like it. There you Solution go. solved. Because if you guys don't know, I've never watched Just Between Lovers and Squash has never watched The Red Sleeve. And we both love each of those 
we we both love each of those and so we kind of are like want the other to watch it <laughs> mm-hmm. and, desperately yeah desperately <laughs> and then also the fact that june holds the lead of both of them and he you know it, it, it just makes sense i think it makes sense so i don't know we might come back on here and talk about that together what you think what girl you know i was gonna invite myself back but you know my big mama always taught me that hey let someone else do the inviting don't ever invite yourself to <laughs> that's right that's right but i you know of course love having you on here and so and i also i promise like it you had a large feat doing 60 episodes of Dongi of a Segu because the whole reason we even start started this was because you had never watched like a, a okay that's not true you have watched the Segu you've watched Kingdom I kept trying to make it seem like you hadn't but you have yeah watched the <laughs> but I wanted you to watch another <laughs> so yeah, I, you, did. you ended up watching one of I think one of the better one of the best um Segu k-dramas out there and it was 60 episodes. <laughs> so yes, it super was impressed, super, super impressed and grateful that you, you did watch this with me. I really appreciate it. I do. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. And yeah, I can't believe all this started what late January. Yes. I started watching Dungy. Yes. We're just now finishing it in April, but you know, almost in May, like we're almost into May when this probably will come out. But it yeah, it's been a little while, but I think it was it was a fun time. I loved rewatching Dungy with you. I'm not gonna lie, I really did enjoy this. I still love Dungy. I still love this drama. I think it was to me just as good as it was for me the first time I watched it. So I'm you know, I was I was happy to do a rewatch. See, that's how you know a drama is good when it still brings out those emotions yeah. out of you and everything. After we watching, right? Yeah, it's true. Like you, you feel those same emotions you felt when you first watched it. That is impressive. It also helped that time had passed. I mean, it's been so long since I've watched Dungy. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, it's been a while. But, you know, it was it was a fun ride. It was fun. And I think at the same time, like, for for your experience of watching this type of safe group where you were just getting straight history, right? Um, mm-hmm. How would you say, like, that? what was that for you? Like, what was that like for you? Did you feel like that it was still not as exciting? Had it not had, because, it, you know, didn't have certain elements to it? Or do you feel like it was still, you know, kept its pace with some of the other your dramas you've watched? It was still exciting for me. Yeah. Because, you know, Lo, as as we both know about me, I'll drop a drama in a minute. <laughs> yes, you will. Yes, you will. I have no problem. That's true. I No problem. So, you know, it kept me interested the whole way through, except for those last 10 episodes. <laughs> but, you know, I remained interested and I love the plot, love the writing, love the acting. Mm-hmm. Lady John, I hated her, but I love the character as far as, you know, what she brought to the story. There were a lot of important life lessons Mm -hmm. in Dongi, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I enjoyed it. And and again, Dongi and the way just how humble she was, how humble she was. I just I love that. 
Loved it. So to to actually end this episode, um, I wanted to read actually what's on Dongyi's memorial tablet as mm. in, in Korea right now. Like if you go visit the graves, like this is near her um her grave. This is what they wrote about her um back in seventeen um eighteen when she died. Mm. She they wrote this on her little memorial tablet. And so I thought that would be nice to kind of end it on this note because it just like sums up Dongyi. It sums sums it up. So again, this is actual, this is factual. Like this is it's something you can find to this day written about this, this Dongyi um, from Korean history. It says her disposition and her status was absolutely indivisible. She did not scruple on people. She was respectful and always waited on Queen Inhyung and later on Queen Inwon. Her wisdom and intelligence shined on her interaction with others. She kept to her duty and protocol. She never entered in palace disputes. She spent her days in peace and harmony. Wow. That was Dong Yi. That was Dong Yi. That was Dong Yi. They said after she died, they gave her another status, like another different title or status. And it was um, meaning harmonious reverence. And I love it. I know. And then they elevated her again to magnificent virtue and tranquil purity. Like, so this is definitely, I would say, the type of character that we watched <laughs> in the drama. Mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. Was, she was always about making peace and finding peace and keeping things, you know, and she had, she was so virtuous. Um, and I think the message of the drama they say at the very end with, um, you know, Chun Tzu, he says that to the other, um, the Dong Yi reincarnated. He says to her, it doesn't matter where you come from, what, where, you know, what your status is, you know, what your background is. You can do great things as long as you have good intentions. That's and, right. And I thought that was really deep that that's what they believe Dongyi represented is that she was someone who she she had nothing but good goodwill in her and so that's all she was trying to do was you know spread that goodwill so she ended up in one of the highest positions a a slave girl could could end up in because of it yeah 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 she was that girl she was that oh she was that girl but yeah so anything else you want to kind of leave us with with your kind of experience of watching Dungy? You know I do. You know I do. I loved it. And anyone who wants to check out a historical, go ahead and go for it now. Maybe 60 episodes may not be for you, but it really was worth worth the watch, I believe. And, you know, I'll always give a shout out. First of all, I have to thank Lolo. Mm-hmm for once again, allowing me to be a part of this podcast. So honored, so blessed, as I always say, you know, this is my favorite podcast. (laughs) And the fact that I've been invited to come back, you know, I think it's the coolest thing. So thank you, Lo. Thank you. And then I wanted to shout out my loved ones who are my friends and family who listen to 
part one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you guys. <laughs> you guys yes. are so sweet. I loved hearing the feedback. Oh, I loved it. I mean, Nikki calling me and leaving a voicemail talking about the episode was just the sweetest thing. And then my buddy Ro, who said she was listening to our episode while she cleaned the house. And, you know, it's just, so yeah, thank it was. Thank you guys. <laughs> Yeah, thanks y'all for listening because I didn't even force y'all. No. I mean, we were you were going to, remember? <laughs> and, and then the cutest thing was my buddy Jade texted me. She was like, I don't know what's going on, but I listened. Jade and um, buddy Wendy just said the same thing. But thanks to all y'all for real for listening because it, it meant the world to me. Y'all just have no idea. I was kind of, I even cried a little bit <laughs> when someone texted me and said they loved it. And it was you know, a great episode because I was, you know, I, I thought it was really so sweet. So, yeah. Thank you, Slash, for joining me. Thank you for having me. And y'all look forward to, you know, a future episode with your girl, <laughs> Slash. I'm coming back now. She's going to make a comeback. <laughs> She's going to make a comeback. So look out for her. I had a blast. I thank you for watching Dungi with me. I thank you for joining me talking about Dungi in these two episodes. And I just, of course, you're my role dog, my K-drama homie. And I can't wait to to watch these Junho dramas with you. <laughs> yeah, and you said it. And you know what? Once we stop recording, I don't want you to say now, squat. <laughs> gonna be able to watch two <laughs> Junho dramas at the same time blah 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 I'm not trying to hear okay okay I'm gonna watch them at the same time <laughs> don't worry I have no problems watching the double dose of Junho trust me and uh, him and Red Sleeve it's due time I rewatch them so I can't I have to get into I gotta rewatch them on that I got to it's due time it's due time when do you want to start <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Okay, let's go. Let me wrap this episode up, guys, before we start talking about <laughs> Juno. Okay, guys, that's all for this episode. I want to thank you all so much for listening. And whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, I hope you have a great day. So, everyone, it's been real. Lola and Squash off. <laughs>